Hello everyone and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock along with Kyle Davis. We will get you caught up on what was a unfortunate week uh, for the Toronto Rock losing on the road by a goal in the last minute to the Georgia Swarm uh, down in Duluth, Georgia last weekend. Um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those games again where it seems like the Swarm may just have the Rock's number, KD. I don't know if there's another way to explain it, but, um, you know, just your initial thoughts on the game. Yeah, it certainly feels like that, and it's unfortunate every time these guys play, it's uh, we're kind of coming in with the same storyline. You know, good game, entertaining to watch, and Georgia somehow just finds a way to squeak through. And uh, a couple things, I mean, I thought... Again, it's becoming such a theme this season. I thought the D and Nick Rose were good again. Uh, you know, did their job uh, in particular. I thought Dan Littner had a massive game coming back, and you know, in the position he was in, he probably felt he had to show something uh, if he wants to stay in the lineup again moving forward. I don't know what's going on with Schreiber, but uh, you know, he got an opportunity and definitely made the most of it. I don't know about that goal that you know went upstairs on. Uh, obviously, they made the call what it was, but from sitting at home, I thought it was going to come back. To be honest, I thought uh, just throwing out some points here. I I don't know if I'm concerned, but once again, a little disappointed, I guess, in the big guys on the team. I did, you know not showing up uh, at least on the stat sheet, which I'm like I said, I don't know if I'm concerned, but it's like it's it's becoming a little bit more of a, a trend here opposed to just a one-off so I'm hoping that's something that can get uh, you know nipped in the butt here sooner than later so the Rock can you know move forward and you know try and get into the playoffs here solidify a spot down the stretch yeah I mean you mentioned the uh, what ended up being the game-winning goal that was scored with just uh, 53 seconds left the dunk from behind the net Jordan Hall's lying in the crease and you wonder did he get out in time did he not get out in time I think that was one of those situations where if it had been called a goal on the floor, it was, or sorry, it was called a goal on the floor, so it was standing. If it wasn't called a goal on the floor, I think it was going to, that call was going to stand too. I think it was, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is that whatever was called on the floor was what was going to stand in that situation. So, I mean, definitely the Rock fan, I think, in all of us says, oh, no, no, he was, <laughs> he didn't get out in time. But it's, it's one of those things where I think it's just, it's inconclusive and, uh, at the same time, I think I like that, you know, you kind of have to trust the call on the floor sometimes in the heat of the moment, and that is, uh, it is still part of the game. So, uh, your other thoughts there on the offense, uh, definitely some guys got to get going, and we'll talk to Jamie Dowick a little bit more about that once he gets in here. And then also um, the goaltending, I thought, like you said, was really good. There's probably a couple goals early that maybe Rosie would have liked back that were kind of from some bad angles we'll say um and I think there's probably two when I say a couple I literally mean two but every goal is probably going to have a couple of those every night um the big thing I think for Rosie is when the Rock did find themselves in a bit of a hole Rosie held the swarm scoreless for 21 minutes which gave them a chance to get back in the game which I think was huge and yeah to to kind of build off that uh, I totally agree and one thing I didn't say to start there which I did like was the Rocks you know the it seemed to me like they went in at halftime and what I don't know if they woke up or made some adjustments or they, they just seemed to be a different team in that third quarter than what we saw in the in the first part of the game and you know you got to credit Rosie for for what he did to even give them that opportunity with 
you know, if a couple more of those go in, maybe that game could be out of hand by, uh, you know, halftime or start of the third quarter or whatnot. But uh, the way they battled back, I thought, was uh, was good. And you're sitting there late in the game, and you, you had a chance. And that's really all you can can ask I think when you're going into you know the defending champs and we all know the the history between these two teams and you you have a chance that late in the game it to me that shows that you were in the game you you played with you know the ex-champs and unfortunately we just seems like the Rock got to find that way to get over that hump with this team and you've mentioned it before it could just be we just need to get them once and then it could be the monkey off everyone's back in that dressing room because I'm sure it has to start creeping into someone's head here that this team just continues to have our number yeah and I think uh you know when you talk about getting beat in the you know right at the end there coming down to one shot you think right now the Rock's sitting at seven and eight um there's been a few of these this year right and you think if they would have and it seems like they've come out on the wrong side of every one of them them. so if there's three of those games right now you put them in the win column you're looking pretty good right now. I mean, you're ten and five. Even if you bank one or two of them at this point, yeah. you're you know right now it's so tight. But you bank two of them, you're, you're nine. You'd be top of the division, right? Like yeah. that's how tight this season has been for the Rock. That's how tight this East has been, and you know it's literally coming down to to the final stretch. And I don't think from a league perspective you could ask for anything more. From a fan perspective, you're probably sick of pulling your hair out, wondering what's going. Like you know, every yeah. week has been so crazy, but. That's what makes it great. So it's uh, you know excited to get back into it again and move move on to Rochester this week. But uh, everything is you know happening at at once here with all the teams in the East, and it's fun to be a part of. And one other thing you mentioned there that the way the team came out in the third quarter, I thought too, it seemed like there was a bit of an edge, and it seemed like when the team scored that first goal in the third quarter, it also seemed as though everybody on the bench seemed to. It was almost like a uniting moment. It felt like watching the game anyways, that it was like, okay, guys, like it's time to forget about the rest here. Let's, let's kind of start to chip away here. And everybody seemed like there was a genuine level of excitement that I think I hadn't seen in other games recently. So like you said, I'm not sure what was said at halftime or what specific the adjustments were. Um, but I thought in the second half and especially in the third quarter, they were pretty good. You know, overall, and obviously the long scoreless streak in there as well, uh, shutting them out in the third quarter, that helped a ton. Um, one kind of maybe not funny things, I guess maybe more ironic maybe, is, you know, what was going through your mind right at the very start of the game when Sheldon Burns runs through, goes down and scores eight seconds in. Now, the Rock have scored early in a ton of games this year, like on the first shot, first possession whatever but just the fact that first goal came from a transition guy and you knew that the only storyline that could be told and I know the players aren't listening to a broadcast or anything but again where it's like you know the only thing you've heard about as an offensive player for the last week is that no forward scored what happens at the start of the next game a D guy goes down and scores and it was a very good thing but I can't help but think I mean I'm sitting there watching the game and I'm like Oh, that's great, but isn't this funny that yet again it was a transition guy scoring to get things going? Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, go back a couple weeks, I think we had Maddie in here and, you know, 
this this happened a couple times in a row and the Rock didn't end up winning. He said he wanted to go for a couple minutes into the game, <laughs> yeah. right, without scoring a goal. So yeah. first thing that came to my mind was like, uh-oh, this, we've seen this kind of play out before a couple times this year. But obviously, I mean, from an offensive guy, you haven't even touched the floor yet. I think you're ha- obviously you're happy. You're up one nothing on the road early. You, I think you you don't really need to listen to that noise kind of, or you try not to at least for the most part, and just kind of go about your business. I mean, you can't be upset by any means that Sheldon Burns opened the scoring for the guys. No, eight, eight I know, and that's in, right. It, I guess the irony that's associated yeah. with it, and kind of how the season has unfolded. Yeah, there's you know some stuff for us to talk about here yeah. on the podcast, <laughs> but I don't think it's anything more than you know the banter between between us and the yeah. fans here. Uh, nothing too serious at all, in my opinion. Um. Yeah, so we are going to have Jamie Dowick with us in studio uh, in just a couple of moments here on the podcast. Um, we'll also obviously tee up this week's game with the Rochester Nighthawks and just how uh, all the scenarios still exist here in the East that, you know, without crunching the numbers too in-depth, I'm pretty confident in saying almost anybody can still finish first and almost anybody can still finish last. So it, it's... It's something we've never seen before, and and the crazy thing is too, Katie, is after this weekend, every team in the East, the way the schedule works, <laughs> could be eight and eight. Yeah, that's what we were top to bottom, of, like, which is nuts. This deep in the season, I've, I mean, I've seen and been a part of some tight races in, in various years as a fan and, and whatnot, and I can't recall a situation like this though. This is unheard of, in, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's uh, it's making for some interesting, exciting things here down the stretch. But at the same time, and we've talked about this numerous times, is that you know if you were to tap into every every team office here and every team you know coaches office here around the league, everybody's still again. We're here with only a couple of weeks left in the season or three weeks left in the season. Then you know everybody's still having the same conversations that. We want consistency. This year's been such a roller coaster. Why can't we separate ourselves? Why can't we get, you know, when the offense is going, the defense isn't going. When the defense is going, the offense isn't going. There's no team that still has found any kind of consistency, and there probably won't be. And like we say, how the Rock are so close to being, you know, on the other side of a few more games here, which would translate, I think that just speaks to the fact that you really just got to get in. And, you know, while getting the bye would be great, um, I don't think it's any kind of lock that means you get to the final, even though you got to play one last game to get there. But, you know, I, I just still think it's going to be when this calendar comes to a, an end, I guess, here on the regular season, I really do think it's just going to come down to who's hot. And the body of work before will be so irrelevant I think, and you're not going to be able to draw parallels back to probably anything with any team, especially that comes out of the East. You're not going to say, you know, oh, well, they just got, you know, this was their season, right? We saw this coming. This was just a matter of time before everything kind of clicked for these guys. But um, I still think this is just wildly wide open here. Oh, I I agree for sure. And, uh, nothing that you do in the regular season is is going to change you know be evolved with the, all the all this is for is the seeding and that's not going to come down to the the final day by the looks of it in this league 
Um, probably the only team you could say, I, like you mentioned, it's, it's probably only like Saskatchewan has been the top from start to finish. You'd probably expect them to yep. kind of go through the West. But saying that, the one game, who knows what would happen or could happen. But in the East, especially if you look like Georgia's got us on the tiebreaker. We have Rochester. We have New England. We could potentially can have get Buffalo, can get yeah. Buffalo. But that if we went into Rochester or into Georgia, I wouldn't say it's an automatic win because we got the tiebreaker. It's an automatic loss because we lost the tiebreaker or head-to-head yeah. to Georgia. It's just the games have been that tight. And with the new – going back to the old format of one game, anything is can happen and is possible. It's, uh, you know, it's cliche, but it's playoffs. And you, like you say, you got to get in, and I think everyone has a chance. Maybe what we should have done in the start of the season was just eliminate Vancouver right off the hop and say, thanks, guys. See ya. And then just play four to seven series the rest of the way. Just throw all the names <laughs> in a hat and blind draw. Here's who you line up against. Four to seven. Let's go. Let's crown a champion. I don't know what <laughs> the people at a Langley would think of that. But no, no. They probably wouldn't like that. No. And no, we've kind of said some stuff about Vancouver <laughs> on this show throughout the... Well, it is interesting watching uh, the... Uh, as we're getting off on a bit of a tangent here, but watching the, uh, the Warrior Lacrosse uh, Game Day Raw... Uh, video series that they've been doing part two came out and just Vancouver like some of you know their um, fire I think it was that I've watched in a previous episode I guess I, th- I still think that that's carried over into you know battling and and whatnot and uh, you know this is a team still that they haven't really laid down at all you know they've still come to play here and um Hopefully they're putting some building blocks in place for the future. What that future is going to look like, who the heck knows at this point. But, um, you know, it's not like they've laid down and been getting, you know, just oiled every week here. <laughs> no, no, they're still, you know, they still are professional lacrosse players. They're still, and from a personal level, you, you, you're you lucky enough to play a game you love and be on one of nine professional National Lacrosse League teams you know in the league and there's people dying for that position obviously they just don't have the skill or can't get to that level and a thing when you have a season like this everyone's kind of put on notice anyways in the organization that's probably a you're probably picking that one through with a thorough comb to you know see really what you have there throughout the season and people are playing for next year and uh you know no one wants to bring back the exact same two and 16 team or there's going to be changes I'd imagine and uh, everyone's got to you know take pride in what you do when you step on the floor and people still pay to watch you play which is you know hard-earned dollars and whatnot so it's up to you as a professional athlete and I think to give that effort and not not lay over all right well we'll circle back here to the Toronto Rock uh, right away as we get ready to welcome in studio the owner, president, and general manager of the team, Jamie Dowick, he will join us here in just a second. Stay with us. More Toronto Rock Total Access to come in a moment. Come on, girls, let's rock that. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis with you here. And we now welcome in studio Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager, Jamie Dowick. Jamie, how are you doing today? I'm okay, thanks, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well as well. 
Same to hear. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so before we dive too far deeply into uh, into the game itself from Sunday, just you know, right now you're sitting here, three weeks left in the season, and you know, is roller coaster the right word? What you know, the the highs, the lows, the peaks, the valleys of this season. Where you know, in your mind right now, you know, 15 games into the season, what are your thoughts on this season? Right now, <clears throat> well, what do you want me? What, what, what do you want me to give you here? You want me to give you the truth, or you want me to give you the typical GM well, on the like radio know, response? I would like to know: Is this a case of <clears throat> everybody in the East underachieving, your club underachieving, parity in the league? What is the what is the actual story? Well, first here? of all, let's talk about my club because I don't care about anything else. Um, I would say if I had to give you one word to how I feel right now to, to, to describe our season, it would probably be frustrated. Frustrating. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know we, we, we've, shown, we've shown flashes of brilliance. Um, I think we got a pretty strong defense and goaltender in front of us. Um, we're not getting it done. We're not getting it done enough. We're not getting it done at home. You know, uh, say what you want. If you take away that four-game stretch there, uh, this has been a pretty bad year. So, um, you know, that being said, here we are. Like, you know, we can we can still – Heck, we can still win this whole thing, but something's got to change. Something's got to change quick. Um, you know, we've got to be able to put 60-minute games together, um, not 30, because, you know, this past weekend um, we looked like one team in the first half and we looked like another team in the second half, and that just won't get it done. So, uh, you know, I'm sick and tired of all the – you know, there's like uh, we deserve better. This, you know, well, you don't. You deserve what you get. You, you get what you get. Like you can't lose ten games and deserve better in ten games. And you know, like you lost ten games. That's what you are. Yep. So you know, I mean, um, you know, we've always seemed to play better better when our backs against the walls. You know, it, it's against the wall. Like, to me, if we don't win this weekend, we will not make the playoffs. I know it probably won't be the case mathematically, but, you know, that that's the reality of it. We will, you know, so let's see. Let's see what we got. Need to be better. Well, like we say, you know, that after this weekend, everybody in the East could feasibly be 8-8 eight, eight and eight here, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen from there if that's the situation. But, um you know, I guess to, to look at these last couple of games, which seem to, I'm sure, increase the frustration level and the fact that the goaltending has been there, the defense has been there for the most part, the transition game has been there. We've talked about things being quite good, you know, in those aspects and definitely good enough to win games, but the offense has been the thing that seems to have let this team down here and obviously Tom Schreiber not being a part of things is a legitimate reason, I think, or a legitimate... Uh, you don't want to say an excuse, obviously, but a factor here in the offense sputtering. But, you know, with the guys in the lineup still, this is a team that still should be pretty potent with these guys. And we've seen Adam Jones over the last couple of weeks only produce one goal, Brett Hickey one goal, and Rob Hellier no goals. 
Is this a concern here down the stretch, or I guess yes. where do you lay Oh, sorry, that you want to keep going there? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, you know, yeah. um, listen, sugarcoat what do you want. Those guys know who, you know, the guys on our team, uh, you know, that are, are the guys that need to lead us and, and be our best players need to be our best players. And we go as they go. And they haven't been going, and we haven't been going. So, um, you know, you can say what you want, and, and they're all, I'm sure they're all aware of it. If they're not and they're listening to it, this, they sure are now. But, uh, hey, listen, like, yeah, we go as, you know, yeah, Tommy's out, and, and, and that hurts. And I guess, you know, the way our team's played since he's been out, you know, Tommy should be the runaway MVP in this league because with him we've, you know, we look like a team without them. We look lost. Um, I, I'm, sh I'm shocked, and that's not to take anything away from Tommy because I love him and I think he's great. But I, I'm shocked how lost we've been. Um, you know, we've got, you know, a guy that should have won the MVP in this league a couple years ago if he didn't get hurt, and Robbie Hellier. You got a 50 goal scorer, and Adam Jones, Brett Hickey. You know, a good, good supporting cast around there. Um, you know, offensively, we've been, we've been terrible. We, we really have been bad, and um, like I said earlier, you take away that four-week period, it, it hasn't been good. So, um, you know, it, it better change quickly, and hopefully we get Tommy back here this weekend. We don't know. You know, e even if we do get him back, if these guys just think all of a sudden, you know, we're going to drop 20, like I can tell you right now, that's not going to happen. Uh, we, we just got to... You know, something's got to change because if we continue to go out and do what we've been doing um, over the course of the year, this, this season is, you know, this season's going to end very quickly here and there's going to be no playoffs. And, um, you know, uh, I'm frustrated. Before I let KD jump in here, just one last thing uh, on Tom, and then we'll we'll move on from him. But uh, are we pretty much in the same holding pattern, I guess, officially He'll practice Thursday and make a decision again at that point. Yep, and uh, you know, hopefully he can go, but uh, we won't know till Thursday night. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping we'll find out then. And uh, but like I said, I mean, you know, go or not go. I mean, we're hoping he goes here, but you know, it, we we just need everyone needs to like crank it up here and uh, you know, show me how, what kind of game you bring when. Uh, when all the chips are pushed to the middle here. Just with the, sticking with the injuries there, or, you know, Phil Caputo wasn't uh, with the team last week. Is there an update on his status or where I think he's Phil's at? doing better. He had, he had a weird little injury, and, um, you know, to be honest with you, you know, we didn't want to take him down to the States. We just didn't know what was going on, and so we just didn't even want to take him with us because if something were to go wrong down there, obviously not a good thing. Um, I know Phil's... Um, feeling better. Uh, doctors will have to give us a go-ahead on him there before uh, before he be cleared. But I, I think he's probably going to be available this weekend. But, you know, I'll find more about, about that Thursday night as well. And circling back now to the, the game this past weekend, one guy that was, you know, a bright spot up front was Dan Littner getting back in the lineup, five goals. What would you make of his performance from not being being available, or not, not available, but in the lineup recently in the performance he had? Yeah, it was real good. I mean, I, you know, Dan, Dan's been a warrior for us since day one here, and, you know, I keep telling you, and I've said it on this program before, he's a guy that's, you know, 
for whatever reason, he's always kind of got the short end of the stick as far as, you know, an opportunity. And it seems like every time he does get an opportunity, he he, uh, he seems to play well. And, and, you know, five games, I'm sure, is his is, is career high there. Five goals, sorry. Um, you know, Danny can play in this league, and, and um, I, I'm happy for him. You know, he's kind of making us look maybe look a little foolish because every time he answers the bell here, but I'm sure you haven't seen the end of Dan for the rest of this year. And looking ahead to uh, this Friday, Rochester in town, you've had some success against this team already earlier in the season. Is this a, looked at as an opportunity where the Rock can kind of refine themselves here against a familiar team that they've had success against? Well, success, so to speak, won a real tight game down there. They're really good, and and they're real tough, and, and you know, they've lost two to us. It's tough to beat any team three times, um, even though we let Georgia do it. But it, it's tough. They've got Vino. They've got a great defense. You know, it's this will be a battle. But, you know, like I said earlier, if, if we don't win, I think our season's over. So um, anything but our A-plus game won't be good enough, and hopefully it will be good enough because they're, they're a good team. What have they won, seven of their last eight games? Uh Maybe the lost us, the only one in in that. So and then that was, you know, right at the end of the game, Very like that one right down. down to the wire, and and we, that was it right after we come off that great stretch. And and to be honest with you, that win felt really, you know, as good as those twenty to seven, twenty to ten wins or whatever. It was it was a real tough, gritty win. That's always a tough place to play. So, um, yeah, they're 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 real good, and I'm sure they'd love to, uh, you know. They're fighting for a playoff spot as well, so that if they were to beat us, you know, with us having a tiebreaker on them, that they're they're going to do themselves a big favor as to putting themselves in there. So um, it, it will be a battle. Just to quickly circle back to Dan Lintner and just what you see maybe his role in the future. Um, is he kind of maybe going to present himself here as that perfect little complimentary piece on the right side? like a Casey Behrens and you know I think a lot of fans probably started to draw that comparison just because of the way the goals Danny scored on the weekend were those goals where he really never had the ball on his stick yeah I mean listen it's just the way things have worked out here you know Dan was drafted to replace Casey Behrens eventually and um you know that was the plan and uh you know and then because of some retirements and Robbie's injury Last year, we had to go outside of the box, and, and we found this guy named Tom Schreiber. And he's a pretty good lacrosse player, you know? <laughs> like, uh, so uh, that added another guy to the, to the mix. Um, while Casey was still here, you know, Robbie comes back. <laughs> Casey retires, but Robbie comes back from injury. It, it's just, it's been, uh, it's been unlucky. It's been, you know... It just hasn't worked for whatever reason, but that's what Dan Littner is. He's a goal scorer. He's a crease guy. He doesn't need the ball to put it in the net, and, you know, he he didn't touch, you know, other than, a, well, he, he had a couple of huge loose balls the other night, and, and other than that, he probably had the ball in his stick like, yeah, it was Casey Behrens ish You know, he's a little, a little more, a little skinnier than Keith Boom Boom there, <laughs> but... Uh, it, All right. <laughs> it, uh, you know, it, yeah, listen... Good for, that's what that's what he is and that's what that's what he's you know he could be a real good fit there because you know you need to have good players but you need to also the the you know the the mix is key and 
who plays what role and does what and likes to do what, you know, is just is key. You can't have seven guys that, you know, need to play at the shooter spot and need the ball in their stick and, you know, can't do anything else. Like seven of those guys, it doesn't matter if they're the best seven. That that'll be a challenge. You need to you need to find pieces and and um, you know. I like to believe Dan Lindner is a piece, and and um, you know he showed us a little flash of that uh, the other night, and um, you know hopefully continue that this Friday. Yeah, I just saw too. You know his play when he uh, passed to the far side and then beat his guy to the net, and McCardle fed him that pass, and then he had another pass where he caught it in tight, cut into the net where it looked like there was no way he was going to catch the ball, and he caught it and finished. I mean. And coming off the bench, like I thought those were just uh, very reminiscent of what you saw him probably do for his whole junior A career in Whippy too. He scored a ton of goals like that off the bench. So um, definitely a bright spot in a game that was uh, for sure a tough one. Um, yeah, I mean, we've already kind of teed up the Rochester game here, I guess. So, uh, Jamie, thanks a lot for joining us here, and uh, I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Good luck this Friday against the Nighthawks. Uh, thanks, guys. All right, that was Jamie Dowick, owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock. We'll take a short break. We'll be back in a moment here with more Toronto Rock Total Access. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis here to wrap this up. We're going to do some buying and selling. We're going to look ahead to this matchup against Rochester. And we're going to touch uh, briefly on uh, the Humboldt Broncos uh, tragedy from last week. So that's all coming up here. We will start with... uh, Let's start with buying and selling, Katie. We've talked so much about the standings being as tight as they can. And I've kind of run some numbers here. And uh, just who I think is going to win the games down the stretch. And... uh, how the division is going to shake out. So right now I have I have Georgia and Buffalo finishing at 10 and 8. I have Toronto and Rochester finishing at 9 and 9 and I have New England finishing at 7 and 10. Are you buying or selling that that's the way that this is going to shake out here down the stretch? <laughs> I'm uh just going through that with you a little bit off <laughs> off air there and uh I'm going to have to sell it, to be honest. And as much as I agree with it, my, my reason <laughs> right. is though, everything that's happened this year so far has not been what we've thought for the most part, especially yeah. in, in, in the East. And if that's what we're talking in the East, you know, for us to sit here and say, this is how this is going to, you know, this team's going 2-1 and one, and this team's going 0-3 oh and, and this team's going 1-2, and two, I've seen this go so wrong against us yeah. all year. So as much as that's what I, you know, if I'm sitting as a betting man, that's probably where I would lean to, which is crazy because I'm selling it. But uh, I just expect the unexpected, and I, I can't, you know, I wouldn't. Calgary's got some ga- a game in there, a game or two in there that we, I think they're, you know, we've they're a bit of a wild yeah. card. What what we're gonna get from Calgary? So that could skew some stuff. I mean, Buffalo playing Rochester, I don't. that's coin flip for me. I don't know who's going to pick that one up, two rivalries. Obviously, we play Buffalo and Rochester. Just a lot of moving parts for me to think that it's going to play out exactly how we laid it out. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, too. I don't know what – like, this is – it's insanity, folks. All right. So uh, our next one involves um, the scoring race atop the National Lacrosse League. And we've got uh, Dane Smith sandwiched between two Saskatchewan Rush. Mark Matthews leads the league at 94 points. Dane Smith, 91 with Buffalo. And Robert Church at 90 with the Rush. So, KD, are you buying or selling that Dane Smith will outdistance both Saskatchewan Rush and win the scoring title? I think I'm buying that one. Uh, The reason being, Sask is... Sat in their position there, the runaway, you know, first place of the West. Uh, I'm not saying that Mark Matthews or Church are going to, you know, take a step back by any means, but I just don't think they have the the necessarily same urgency Dane's going to have down the stretch here to kind of put the offense on his back, so to speak, and, and Dane's going to basically be a big part of if Buffalo gets into the playoffs here. So I think he's going to be out every opportunity where maybe, you know, Derek Keenan – not not sits those guys, but uh, you know, we just watches their their mileage a little bit down the stretch here, knowing that the games obviously they mean stuff. You know, you want to continue with your systems and playing playing the right way. But uh, I think Buffalo's got more meaning down the stretch here, and Dane's gonna be a big part of that if Buffalo gets to where they want to be. As well, I believe Matthews is Dane's kind of closed this gap on Matthews as the year has gone on, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So it feels like he's kind of coming. You know, and and I just think that's going to lead to him passing him at some point down the stretch here. Kind of the Connor McDavid coming in late. Exactly. I guess you could very comparable. Exactly. So (laughs) buying Dane Smith uh, takes the the two rush. And just quickly speaking of Mark Matthews, did you happen to catch the uh, what the rush did with their cheerleaders and the Matthews? Stunt double, we'll say. No, I didn't. It was pretty funny, what, what actually. So about? I think a football team did this a while ago where they had it look like one of the players came in and started dancing with the cheerleaders. Um, and they did basically a similar thing was they had one of the cheerleaders was in full lacrosse gear, helmet, gloves, rush jersey, Matthews jersey with the A on and everything, walked out and then got into the dance routine. And, like, for the first bit of it, you really thought, wait a sec, especially watching it on, you know, Online or on Instagram or whatnot, you kind of thought, what? Oh, okay. But it was pretty good. It was a good little stunt. Quick couple questions here. <laughs> Mark Matthews stands probably, what, six I know, six that's something. the thing is that, he's, yeah. But how is the height? And yeah. he's probably got tree trunks for legs, so to yeah. speak. And with no disrespect to the dancer, yeah. probably a little little thinner. For legs, sure, yeah. So. After that's why, like, I, I've the very first look, just the way that. The player yep. slash cheerleader walked from the bench and out of like as if they were just in the mix with the players, you know, that yep. it just looked like they pulled it off. It was really well done. That's good. I'm going to have to look that up. Kudos to them. Um, so let's talk a little bit about – so that ends buying and selling officially. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about this matchup here on uh, Friday night at Air Canada Center, the Rochester Nighthawks. Come in at eight and seven. The Rock are seven and eight. The Rock have two wins this year over the Nighthawks, as we've talked about. Uh, one a little bit more lopsided, and the other one quite close down in Rochester. So, um, what do you think, KD? Which uh, which teams show up in this one? I think you're going to get a very similar game to the game we had down in Rochester. Kind of a grind, not not like the one originally. Rochester came to Toronto, where Vino was chased. 10 minutes in or five minutes in the game, whatever it was. And 
The Rock went on to thump them pretty good. I think it's going to be a, a grind. This point in the season, every you know, we mentioned the games mean so much right now in the East, and we we think well what Jamie said as well. You know, this the importance that he's put on this game from the the team, and I just think it's going to be. You're going to get the best out of both teams, which is going to lead to a, to a good matchup, obviously. And uh, I don't think Vino's going to get yanked like he did last time in Toronto. I think, you know, Rose, Which we thought was a bit premature anyway. We did. Right? We yeah. did. We thought, you know, because I think it was 5-2 or 5-1 uh, when it happened. And yeah. we just thought, still lots of game left here. And, you know, this is a veteran goalie. To kind of give him that short of a leash was kind of... A bit much, we thought, but nonetheless, look at Rochester's climb back and you know made a made a good something good out of their season here. So we can't really argue too much with what what they've done here. But uh, my biggest question is is the offense, and I think it has to be right now. I think I can sit here safe and say I know what I'm going to get out of Rosie. I know what I'm going to get out of the D, and it's just what offense is showing up. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be a tight game, but Toronto needs to win this one. Get back in the win column, especially at home. For sure, absolutely, and um, you know, I, I kind of agree, but when we get to prediction time, I'll, I'll talk about my prediction, but um, I still think that, you know, I don't know, maybe it's, you don't want to think that it's starting to become blind faith that, you know, you just, you think that this team is going to come out of it, the offense is going to start rolling, but I just can't help but think, you know, it seems to a lot of times, it, f- it has felt like it's kind of gone in these two-game waves, right, with the exception of the four-gamer. But, you know, even off the start of the season, there was two games where the offense was cold, and then, boom, they came back. And then, it's, you know, you lose a couple, you win a couple. You lose a couple, and, and hopefully we're going to lo- win a couple here in a row coming up over the next two weeks. So I'm expecting, and we need it here, but I'm expecting a big performance from the offense, to be honest with you. And uh, I just cannot see it being – as cold as it has been the last couple of games. I just can't see it going to three. You know, one into two, even how cold it was in the one with the no goals by the forwards in uh, the loss a couple of weeks ago to Colorado, I mean, that was as cold as you could get, obviously. Um, It had to get better, and it did get a little bit better, you know, in the next game against Georgia, and obviously a very close loss. But I just... It's due for the breakout. And even the breakout right now, 13 or 14 goals. I'm real happy with that because I think I'm turning that over to Rosie, and I think that's a very winnable game at that point uh, regardless. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one on Friday night to get back at it and just shake this funk because it just doesn't feel right right now, in my opinion anyway. And I agree. Just playing – their their history the the percentages you know the big guys the the hellier the jones i them being shut out or not shut out but you know not showing up two games i think is crazy even though they showed up you know i'm sure they're working hard doing the doing the right things it just didn't fall for them but three games in a row i don't i agree i don't see that happening and and a breakout is only a couple more goals really than what you know they put up last game and i don't know if we can pencil Littner in for five, but, you know, if he gets his one or two and someone else picks up their one or two, and now all of a sudden everyone's back in on the offense again and, and you you get the result you want. So looking forward to it as well. All right, so that means it's time for predictions. 
You going first here, or you want me to go first? You can go first. All right. I think mine's going to be very different. Than yeah. Yours. I, I just got a feeling from what we both I'll, talked about here, I, I think we're going to be very different. Well, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, and you mentioned the number 13, 14 as, you know, kind of a breakout. I I got 13 in my head, and uh, I got us given up 10, 13, 10. So kind of similar to, I think it was 12, 10 down in Rochester. 12, 9. 12, 9. So very similar to that score, 13, 10. Uh, but Toronto ultimately gets the win and a very important win in the final last home regular season game on the schedule. Well, I'm going back to a prediction that makes me feel good, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you're trying to shake things out. You just go back to with what worked before, right? So 17-9 is my prediction here. Vino gets chased and, uh, you know, we go back to the well here and see if it works in terms of the prediction. But uh, did... Not too long ago, correct me if I'm wrong, did Vino get chased and Goodleaf went in it and they came back and had a big win? Uh, you might be right off the top of my head. I can't recall that, but... I wish I had that pulled could up look here that now. up no, while, we're, uh, while we're chatting. Um, I'm trying to think when it was. It's, uh, I mean, it just came to my head when you said Vino gets chased. I recall Goodleaf going in there and... Uh, what I thought was, you know, solidifying or giving them a chance, but uh, just trying to pull it up here now as well. Could be totally wrong though, and that would suck. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we're just uh, we're looking it up. Bear with us here, folks. This makes for entertaining podcasting, that's for sure. Uh, was it in Calgary a couple of weeks ago? Rochester versus Colorado. Colorado, nineteen minutes and thirty seconds. He played. Got it. Went in. Got the win. Got chalked up for the win. All right, so you're saying that now you're you're thinking he might get chased? No, I'm just saying like Vink got chased. A scenario, bringing a scenario that happened not too long ago where Vino did get pulled, right? And Goodleaf went in, and it seemed to spark Rochester, right? And, and still- we had been on the other side of that, you know, in recent years too, where where Vino had got chased and. And like you say, for some reason, and Rochester would start to battle back and battle back, and it would make for a, a game that uh, seemed to be closer than it, it should be. But hopefully we're not in that situation. Yeah, I'm not saying and it's going to happen. Chased, it's just, it's, when you mentioned Vino chased, I just re- down, recalled that yeah. moment a couple, couple weeks ago versus Colorado there. but Which is crazy to think you chase the top goal, one of the top goalies you know, in the past, what, 10 years or whatever to bring ever uh, bring let's a, say yeah, ever <laughs> ever bring a, in a backup goalie and that changes the game right yeah it's sport of lacrosse yeah all right um we'll talk uh we'll talk tickets here um obviously this looks like it's trending to be it will be our biggest crowd of the season here on friday night uh so this is your last chance for a few things here in the regular season. Uh, you can take it from here, KD. Yeah, crowd is looking great right now. Uh, what are we, 48, just over 48 hours out till you know, ball drop there on Friday night at the Air Canada Centre. So a couple things going on. You can, uh, you know, we still got tickets available. Lower Bowl is getting sparse though, uh, but feel free to, to reach out to us at torontorock.com. Uh, you can, on our online chat there, uh, you can give us a shout at 416-596-3075. Uh, we still have our Jack Astors pack still as an option. We have our six-ticket flex pack still as an option. Uh, still good group rates available. There's various ways that we can get you uh, get you set up here down the stretch. This is not a game you're going to want to miss. 
you know, we've teed it up here, kind of said it over and over, the importance of this game and how much momentum we've got, you know, what, what feels like in, in the stands as the season's gone on. And I was actually on the phone with a season ticket holder today who said they it's crazy they were redeeming vouchers or getting additionals at the start of the year and they had basically, you know, a couple rows to pick from to where we are now we couldn't get them a ticket by them right right so just that momentum and I, I felt lately like the crowd in the building has been into it and energetic waiting to kind of blow the roof off so to speak and I don't see that changing this Friday so you're not going to want to miss this one and you know last regular se- regular season game uh, on the schedule here so we don't know what's going to happen and by all indications there's going to be rock are going to be in it's going to work out great but you're this like i said this is not one you're going to want to miss so uh don't hesitate to to give us a shout and we'll get you set up yeah and like you say the crowds i think they have been uh they've been so into it and and kind of like you've said over the couple games where the team has struggled a bit at home they have been waiting to cheer for something so hopefully uh you know hopefully both of our predictions come true because that means that we're going to be in that 13 14 goal range minimum here and uh, a lot of reasons to get out of your seat, but uh, at the same times, at the same time, sorry, a lot of uh, a lot of times, a close, low-scoring game can be just as exciting as uh, a game with uh, twenty-plus goals scored. So, looking forward to that this weekend. And uh, yeah, get those tickets now. Don't sleep on this. Make sure you get, uh, you know, best available. Still a couple days out, you can still get into the lower bowl, but that is going to uh, become less and less of a possibility as we get closer to Friday night. So uh, don't forget, you can also get tickets, of course, on game day at the ACC box office. But we'll reiterate here for the 12th time, you might not be sitting in the lower bowl if you wait until Friday night, if that is your desire. Um, last thing I think we want to touch on here, um, the humble Broncos uh, tragedy last Friday and the bus accident. And I know uh, <clears throat> it's... It's crazy to even wrap your head around anything with this because, I mean, KD, you and I, uh, you know, we had an opportunity to ride the buses together um, from 2007 to 09 with the Halton Hills Junior B Bulldogs. And I know you've ridden a lot of buses outside of that with Brampton and uh, in your, you know, university lacrosse days and hockey as well and all that kind of stuff. And it is tough to, to put perspective on this, but, you know, it, it's, you know, these bus trips are... I think a big reason why it has resonated with it is because so many people can relate to it and just being on there with like people talk about friends and what becomes family for you know if you're playing on a hockey team maybe six months or five months and a lacrosse team two to three or four months depending on how long your season goes but you just form such a tight bond with these people and I think it's you know it's why it's resonated with so many people that it's it's something that People could never imagine happening to the group of guys that they traveled with. No, not at all. It's it's terrible. And when the news came through, uh, you know, it, it struck a chord with me. You mentioned, you know, you've been on numerous buses, myself included, and those bus rides are where those bonds are are, are built. And it's it's just you and you know the boys or the team, and you're kind of isolated from the rest of the world I guess in a way and, and what is the real world can you you're just living in that moment and how much fun that is and going on those road trips and it's terrible you wouldn't wish it upon anyone of course and uh, you know the country of Canada and even the world has, has rallied behind this and but as much support as you know Humboldt has received it's obviously you know we'd do anything to, to trade 
to go back to where you know the normal lives that were happening you know before this incident happened and I mean from an outside perspective I don't I understand or I don't think words can really describe or, or cure or, or help you know mourn the situation but all we can do is just try and be there for anyone that needs to be there and, sh and show the support and uh, yeah very tough situation and very relatable it's not too long ago you know I was in that position playing you know going to a playoff game and and whatnot so it struck a chord with me I haven't stopped thinking about it really since it since it happened and uh, you know just thoughts and prayers to everyone out in in the community of Humboldt. Yeah, absolutely. Echo those sentiments. And, uh, you know, we know there's been a, <clears throat> a lot of rock fans and whatnot posting on social media and whatnot their support as well of, uh, you know, the families of the uh, the victims and the survivors from uh, the crash last Friday. So, um, and really, you know, good on you, Canada, as well, for the amount of money that's been raised here that, uh, you know, who knows, we could give an update here right now. And in, you know, a few hours or a day when you're listening to this, it could be up by another million dollars. So, um, you know, if you haven't already, it's, uh, you know, if you're able to, it's uh, obviously a, a great cause to support. And, uh, you know, as Canadians, it seems like it seems to, you know, bring uh, the country together and bring people together and appreciate each other uh, all that much more. So, uh, again, our thoughts and prayers to everybody in that community. And, uh, yeah, we just, uh, I guess, as a country and people, we'll, we'll get through this together. So uh, that will just about wrap up the podcast here. Uh, reminder, Friday night, uh, the Rocker home to the Rochester Nighthawks. 7.30 is the game time. And one other thing, actually, sorry, Katie, we haven't even mentioned at all, is post-game autograph session. The fans, oh, yeah. they can get a uh, cheer card when they enter the building, courtesy of Alterna Bank, and uh, stick around after the game on the concourse outside of Section 111, approximately, is where the uh, autograph signing will take place. And uh, you can line up, and uh, we appreciate the fans' patience because it is a long night. Uh, it's kind of the barn doors are open, so to speak, and, you know, everybody can line up. There's no charge, obviously. It's a free autograph session after the game with the players. And, uh, you know, we, we do ask that it's only one item per person just to kind of keep the line moving because there is a lot of people that uh, line up for this, and the autograph session can sometimes last as long as two hours. So uh good on the players for uh for doing this as well and and kind of in some respects giving of their time to uh to meet with the fans and then uh again a season ticket holder party again coming up the next day so hopefully it's a win positive weekend all around here potentially if they can boys snag the win friday lead into the autograph session lead into the season ticket holder party yep lead into the leaf win <laughs> yeah exactly right, right? out on my mind uh, exactly from a rock perspective the first three though yeah so. and let's face it it is always uh a lot more fun on those uh second two events if it's coming after a win exactly because when it's coming after a loss it's just it's not as much fun it just not it's not it's it can uh be not as much fun but we're uh, we're both predicting a win here so it should be uh good as gold take it to the bank yeah, we've been so hot for the rest of the year. Yeah, well, we're we're battling to get back to 500 ourselves here. Yep. All right, so in the meantime and in between time for Kyle Davis, I'm Mike Hancock saying that's it. That's all. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with. We will chat next week.